message this month. It's called The Secret of Family. I've got a lot of secrets to tell you, and some of you are probably thinking, if you knew my family, I could tell you a secret or two, but that's not what we're going to do this month. We're not talking, we're not going to share those secrets. Help me out if you can. If you know this, help me out. It goes like this. The wise man built his house upon the rock. There you go, come on. The wise man built... Don't let me sing it by myself, because I will. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came tumbling down. It's real easy. The rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up, but the house on the rock stood firm. Second verse. <laughs> the foolish man built his... You don't have to sing it. I'm going to tell you the rest of it. We don't have that much time. That's kind of like the Father Abraham. It just keeps going. The foolish man, in case you don't know the song, built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the floods came up. Rain, flood, rain, flood. I mean, the house on the sand went splat. Couldn't handle it. Foundation. It's what our homes should be built on, a strong, solid foundation. Psalm 127 tells us, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Who They labor in vain who build it, unless the Lord guards the city. The watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Many times we hear this this particular psalm read as a part of Christian weddings. And it's mainly read because of that first verse. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Many a young couple setting out on the journey of life together are about to be caught up in the unending work of building a home. Today I want you to think of the construction project that's going on in your neighborhood I want you to think about maybe the the construction project that you drive past on the way to work for for the whole summer right there in Providence, just at the other side of the traffic circle. They've been building from the ground up. I want you to think about that. I want you to, as I talk about the secrets to building a Christian home, I want you to think about that because we're going to really get into a kind of a construction mindset here today. Before we do, though, will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you. I thank you that throughout your word there are examples of how we should lay a foundation to have a Christian home. How we can raise our our children to honor you. How we can love our wives and our husbands in a way that honors you. How we can serve one another within a family. How we can all be a part of your body that is just a bigger family. And that we can honor you with those things. And so I pray, Lord, as we look at your word today, as we look at the example of building a Christian home, that it will be something we all desire 
to do well. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I suppose it would have been good if I would have invited all of you to maybe wear your work clothes and your hard hats and your gloves to church today so that we can really join in and build this house, but that would not necessarily be needed. So you'll just have to picture it in your mind. According to that little song that I just sang, that we all sang at the beginning of this message, what's the first thing that's needed when we build a home? Say it like you believe it now. The foundation. I think it's safe to say the absolute most important part of a building is the foundation. Because like the song illustrates, if it's not a good foundation, it's going to go splat. And it's true when it comes to building the home. The Apostle Paul tells us about the importance of foundation in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9-15. through 15. He says, For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work, which he has built on it, remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. In short, Jesus is the foundation that we should build everything on. Our life, our career, our business, but especially our homes. When Jesus finished up the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, he focused our attention on two men. Each of them went out to build his house. One, as you may have heard earlier today, built his house on the sand. And the rains came and the floods came. They beat on the house. Ultimately, the house fell. It crumbled because it was built on a poor foundation. The other man built his house on the solid foundation of a rock. And this house was also beat on by the winds and by the rain and the flooding. But it stood because it was built upon a solid foundation. Folks, we have to build our Christian homes being our family, not the physical home you live in. We have to build our Christian homes on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. Not not because storms may come, but because storms will come. They can be fierce. They can be drastic. Storms will come. And when they do, your foundation will show who you truly are during those times. You'll go splat or you'll stand firm while everything's falling apart. One of two things will happen. If your foundation is built on Christ, things like the loss of a loved one is not the end. It's the beginning of their eternity in heaven. If your foundation is built on Christ, a job loss is not the end of a career. It's the beginning of a new chapter in your life. If your foundation is based on Christ, everything is forgivable. Now, Some of you are like, whoa, hold on. I'll say it again. If your foundation is built on Jesus Christ, everything is forgivable. Not just the things you want to let go, but even the things you don't want to let go. Even the big wrongs that were done against you are forgivable when your foundation is on Jesus Christ. If your foundation is built on Jesus Christ, restoration is always available. 
It's available because if you recall, love keeps no record of wrong, which is why everything is forgivable. Love protects. It perseveres. Once we get the foundation squared away, we need to add some walls. Now, you may be thinking, well, wait, if we build up walls, we're keeping people out. That's a different sermon. For this one, we're building our Christian home, and we've got a foundation for our Christian home, and and we're going to build some walls. Now, why do you need to add walls? Because walls give structure to your home. The question is, what kind of walls are you going to build? For today's illustrative purposes, we're just going to build a small house, okay? A tiny house, if you will. It's the new rage anyways. Four walls, foundation, four walls, and a roof. Each wall has a title. That doesn't mean this is a four-part sermon, so it's okay. Each wall has a title, and our first wall is called communication. As I tell any young couple when I begin premarital counseling, communication is the key to every relationship. And as I tell older couples when they come in for some marriage counseling, yes, dear, is not good communication. (laughs) I've talked with many couples They've come in at the point of frustration, almost ready to to throw in the towel. And one of the things I hear the most is, he never listens. And then, of course, he says, well, she never stops talking. (laughs) Not always. But (laughs) the reality is they both want to be heard. But because of everything else going on, they're not communicating well. And typically what they're really saying is we just don't communicate like we should. We think we're communicating. Feed the dog. Take out the trash. Mow the yard. Do the dishes. Do the laundry. That's what we had kids for. We think we're communicating. But those are, we're just barking orders. We all want to be heard. In order to hear, you need to listen. In order to communicate well, you need to listen. Think about this. When sin came home to the first family in Genesis, to Adam and Eve in chapter 3, you can read this for yourself. When sin showed up, immediately... There was a breakdown in communication. There was also a breakdown in the connectedness between man and wife and between them and the Lord. I'm not making this up. You can read it for yourself. God speaks to Adam and inquires about the sin, about what happened. And Adam says, the woman that you gave me. He immediately begins to stop communicating and he starts placing blame. Not only does he place blame on Eve, he places blame on God. The woman you gave me said to eat this. The communication broke down. The connectedness between he and his wife began to break down. The connectedness between them and their God began to break down because of the communication. Eve, God comes to Eve and Eve says she does the same thing. The snake, he came confused me with trickery. The reality is this, more times than not, our self-centeredness, or I should say our sin-affected selfishness begins to warp our communication and we start pointing at one another and we start blaming and communication begins to break down. A simple question, you were a little bit late for dinner, well, traffic was bad! Whoa! Something else is going on there because traffic is never that bad that you would have to snap back at someone in that way. Communication. There's another danger that I share with people about communication. 
It's the danger of silence. Because sometimes the loudest things you will ever say will be in silence, and yet you're still communicating. You may be communicating something negative, such as, I don't want to have anything to do with you, or you're not worth me responding to. Silence can bring out a whole new level of, of negative things, and they can be belittling and hurtful without ever saying a word. Full disclosure, one of the best things Mitzi's ever said to me, I love you, but... Just give me a little redirection instead of the silent treatment. I love you, but that's not how you need to go about this. And I appreciate that. This wall of communication needs to be built so that there will be openness, not just of words, but of care, feelings, touch, concerns. The wall of communication is important. But there's another wall that we need to build, and it's called trust. Now think about it. No relationship can last without trust. It doesn't matter if it's a business relationship. It doesn't matter if it's a treaty between countries or, or the contract that's called marriage. It, it can't last without trust. Even our living, loving relationship with God won't last if we don't trust Him to do what He says He's going to do. All of those things are built on trust. You know, you can have a contract. This is the great thing about lawyers. You can have a contract a foot thick. Actually, there's not a great thing about lawyers. <laughs> and right in the middle, there can be this little weasel clause that makes the whole thing null and void. And if you don't read it and you sign it, you just lost out. And it all comes back to trust or the lack of it. You've got to have trust. Trust is vital for the long-term existence of a Christian home. That wall of trust has to stand. Husbands and wives need to find some way, day by day, to let the other person in their life know that they are trustworthy. You can trust me. Personally, I suggest a weekly trust fall activity with the family. That may not work. Never mind. Don't do that. <laughs> Go ahead. Fall back. I'll catch you. <laughs> yeah. That maybe not a trust fall. <laughs> <laughs> Husbands, if your wives know that they are valued by you, that's, that's trust. Wives, if your husbands know that you respect them, that's instilling trust. If you both are mutually showing appreciation for one another, your family trust wall will be just as strong as your communication. The next wall we need in every family, this is probably my favorite wall, it's the fun wall. What happened to spare the rod and spoil the child? We'll, we'll get there later in a couple of weeks. But today, I want to talk about the fun wall. It, there are a lot of different terms I could have used, but I liked using the word fun simply because I want to express that the true joy of a family relationship that's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. A family relationship is one that God intended to be filled with delight. Scripture tells us that a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. And that is so true. God intended for the relationship of marriage to be filled with His blessing. i got to tell you, I've never seen a couple want to get married that couldn't stand each other. We'd like you to do our premarital counseling, Pastor. Okay, you guys like each other? Nope. It doesn't start out that way. He intended for the marriage relationship to be filled with blessings. 
I've never met a, pre, a, a couple about to be married that just couldn't stand or didn't enjoy being around each other. I always have to put them in separate chairs because they want to hold hands and, and they, somebody's always rubbing on somebody's arm. It's like, okay, you got to listen and separate you two. Some of you are doing it right now. Don't make me come down there. <laughs> Kidding. It's all right. You enjoy being around each other. That's how it should be. But I've also seen couples after a few years of marriage who are just struggling, trying to endure one another, trying to just survive marriage rather than enjoying it. But I'll tell you this, marriage is hard. I tell everybody that I talk to, marriage is hard because it's two selfish people coming together until death do us part. And it's unfortunate that some people simply begin to endure marriage and family rather than to thrive in it. God has a better plan. He has something better in mind than just a painful endurance. He wants you to enjoy one another. He wants you to enjoy the blessing of your kids. He wants you to enjoy the blessing of your family. And when your kids are older, I want to tell you this too, because I know it's something that a lot of people worry about is, you know, oh, we have to clean the house or we have to do this or we have to do that. When your kids are older, they will not remember that you had dirty dishes in the sink. They will remember that in the middle of them doing homework, you came in and started a pillow fight or whatever, marshmallow fight. I mean, they'll remember those things. They'll remember that you allowed them to fill the house with their friends, breaking lamps and eating all the potato chips and stuff like that. They're, they don't care the dishes that are in the sink. They care about the time you spend with them. Enjoy the gift of family. Take time to build a wall of fun. It doesn't mean that there can't be discipline, that there can't be other things in your family, but build a wall of fun. Enjoy your family. Don't build a wall of endurance. Don't build a wall of separation. Our fourth wall in the house is flexibility. Anyone who has raised kids will tell you, you have to be flexible. I have a code name. For this wall, it's a movable wall, it's a bendable wall. I, I call this Semper Gumby, always flexible. <laughs> you have to be. This wall, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not just a wall about bending and going with the flow. It, it's a wall of grace, it's a wall of mercy. It, it's a wall that helps you maintain the everything is forgivable practice that I mentioned earlier. It's a wall that is going to be in your house where you know the people in your home are going to make mistakes, but it, you're still going to love them through it. If you are Semper Gumby, then you'll be sensitive to each other's needs. You'll be sensitive to the unexpected changes that take place in your lives. There are times when you need to be extremely close to each other. And yes, there are times when you need to give some space. And that wall of flexibility recognizes that each day you are just somewhat a little bit different person than you were the day before. The pressures of life change from day to day. The physical needs, the level of energy changes from day to day in your Christian home. What your kids need from you today will change every day that they get older. It's a sad change as your kids become more independent. And you think, part of you thinks, well, I'm raising them well. And the other part of you goes, but they grow up so fast. <laughs> Some of you are having that thought right now. We need to give space. Your understanding, your patience for one another, your responsiveness to one another. 
The seasons of life in which husbands and wives need to be aware and sensitive and gracious toward each other, towards your kids, they're constantly changing. You need the wall of flexibility in your house. So we have our foundation and we have our four walls. The house is done. We are set. We're ready to go. No. We need a roof. Something's got to keep the rain out, right? Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7-9. through 9. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Now, I understand Peter's not talking about a physical roof here. But did you hear what he said? In this home that we're trying to build with the foundation of Christ, we've got the walls, we've got the roof, and, and Peter says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. In case you missed it, everything is forgivable because love covers a multitude of sins. Paul echoed this when he said, love never fails. Other things will fail Your patience, if you have kids, if you are married to me, your patience will fail. Your understanding of something may fail. Your strength for a moment may fail. Your wisdom may fail. Your money will fail. But your love never will fail if your foundation is on Jesus Christ. But you can still love without those things. You can love without money. You can love without patience. You can be upset with your spouse and still love them. Love never fails. Cover your home with a roof called love. As like my favorite theologian Toby Mack says, when love is in the house, the house is packed. I'd sing the rest of that, but it's not what I'm here to do. And so we have our little tiny home. And here it is. Our foundation is in Christ. Our walls are built on communication, trust, fun, and flexibility. And our roof is made of love. It may look like a simple plan for your Christian home. I know they're not very elaborate for this little home. But in order to construct this house well, it will take you a lifetime. And when you're getting frustrated, when you're getting distracted, you need to remember this. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He's the designer. He's the one that envisioned your home, and He alone can help you build it. Ephesians 6, verses 1-4 through says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And when we bring our children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, we're bringing them up in love. We're bringing them up on a foundation of Jesus Christ. We're bringing them up where we have trust and communication. Trust because, you know what? Your kids are going to fail. But they trust that you're going to love them through that failure. Fun. Flexibility. What's taught in your home? 
what's been taught in your home. I got to tell you, some of the things that start at home are things like not hating others. That starts at home. A healthy respect for teachers and people in a position of authority. That starts at home. You know what else should be taught in your home? Fruit should be taught in your home. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Fruit of the Spirit should be taught in your home. So the question you need to answer today as we go into our response time is, what's my home built on? What's the foundation that your family is growing on? What are the walls that protect your family? What's your home covered with? I've shared with you some valuable secrets of family starting in your home today. Think about these things as we come into our response time. And if you'd like prayer for your home, for your family, or for you as you lead them, our elders are here. They'd love to pray with you this morning. Will you stand and sing our response song with us and respond to God's word accordingly? It's been great to be here with you all this morning, to worship with you, to fellowship with you, to get into God's word. But now it's time to go. As you go today, go knowing that it's never too late to change the foundation that your home is being built on. It may take some time. It may take some patience. It may take some deconstructing of things on your part. But the good news is that God gave us the blueprint that we need, and it's His Word. And we can use that to build our homes, our Christian families, on the foundation that is His Son, Jesus Christ. So as you go, pick up the blueprint, get your hard hat, soften your heart, and start the construction project or reconstruction project that will build your Christian home. Will you sing this last song with us?